What the hell is up, internet? Oh, that was way too energetic. We're gonna, yeah. What's up, internet? How are you all today? Hope you're all doing good. Man, that first bit was loud. Looking at the old wavelengths there, that was absolutely horrifically done. I should be ashamed of myself. How are you all today? This is episode 11, or 10.5, but we're gonna call it 11, so I sound like I've got more numbers, and that makes me happy, because big numbers is good. Man, I'm feeling good today. Came into this after listening to Brothers of Metal, Idrisil. If you know, you know. Great tune. Listen to it every day. It's amazing. Gets me pumped up to do this. Today, we are going to be doing the second half of Greaser's Goldtooth. The ultimate Chonga Wonga. The biggest boy. The fattest bastard to ever walk the lands. He probably ate a baby. Yeah, you, you get it. But, you know, it's also... Trade Lord, Greaser's Tribe Sealer, Drake Crush, Gatecrasher, Horde Master, Goldtooth, the shockingly obese. And as I said yesterday, I wish I could be shockingly obese and still feel good about it. So, hope you're doing okay. Sit down, have a cup of tea. I say this all the time, have a delicious brew, have a tasty beverage. I'm sat here with my own tasty beverage that is going to get cold while I record this. So it's just transpired, I've actually figured out how microphones work. Did you know a cardioid pattern, you don't just sit directly in front of it? I've spent ages playing with this thing's sensitivity, like, oh man, it's, I expected better. It turns out I was sat in the wrong place, but you know, you live, you learn. It also turns out I can't turn my head like this, or it just doesn't sound right. So I've got to... Uh, we're learning. Improvements are being made, ladies and gentlemen, or one solitary lady. I don't know who you people are. You might just be one dude listening to this over and over again to get views. And do you know what? Bless you, sir. So, as said before, this is Greaser's Gold 2 for the second. Imagine if there was a second hymn. Rambling. Great times. Sound guy. Damn it, I definitely need a sound guy. Now I'm going to look away from the thing while I turn my note page on. Aha, that's how we do things here in a half-arsed ramshackle way. Now, I believe yesterday I left you on a bit of a cliffhanger. We were talking about the glorious Battle of the Slopes on the Firemouth Mountain of a volcano and Urk. It was Urk. It was Urk Iron Skull, not Uruk. Yes, I learned things. Now, when we left the story, he's Urk Iron something Iron Skull has been bowling around the mountains of Morn, slaughtering ogres left, right, and centre, just smashing as many tribes as he can fit into a day. And do you know what? More power to him. When you're fighting a guy five times your size and you manage to win, that'd be like me fighting half your Bjornsson. And I'm not gonna lie, don't like my chances. I feel like he'd punch me once and I'd just collapse into a singularity. But. Oh, that's not how the orcs work. The orcs are like, oh, well, we're the baddest boys. We're going to smash the boys and get some teeth and some choppers. Don't know if choppers is a thing they say in fantasy or if that's just 40k, but irrelevant. It's not at all relevant. I'm just filling time because that's what I'm here for, to fill time. So, when we left this story, Urk has been slaughtering ogres left, right and centre in fantastic, spectacular fashion. And Grease has went, man, I am sick of his shit slaughtering these people that aren't serving me well enough. So he gathered the one and only ever seen before. Giant ogre army of unstoppable destruction. Now normally they fight in individual tribes, but Greasus, ah, he was smarter than that. He knew that was the bad way forward, and he went, ah, we need an army. So they brought an army of ogres, and mammoths, and giant rhinoceroses, and saber-tooth 
stuff and ah, think primitive ice age animals and that's kind of what the yoga kingdoms bring to the table in terms of sort of cavalry and monstrous um, I'm going to say units because it's originally modelled on a game that's what they bring they also you know have cannons that fire forks and knives at you like shrapnel guns and their, their, their cannonry which I will cover next week and next week we're doing ogre kingdoms the history of and that's going to be broken into multiple parts as well their cannonry is primitive but powerful, to put it simply. Whereas the Empire will innovate and make something good and sometimes it won't work out. The Dwarves will take centuries perfecting a design before they prototype it. The Ogres fill a tube with powder and go, ah, put some more stuff in there and see if it explodes at the enemy's direction. And it does, because they know what they're doing. So, Greasus marches out and he goes to the Firemouth Mountain. The Volcano of Doom. Mount Doom, you could almost call it. Anyway. And he manages to stop his warriors needlessly charging at the enemy. Now, Urk's got a plan, which I think I covered yesterday, and I described it as a very canne plan. But we're going to recover it now, where he was going to encircle the ogres. He's going to draw them in and fuck them up. So, at this point, Greasus knows what's up, and he's like, I've got an idea for this. And instead of a mindless, bloodthirsty charge into oblivion, which... Let's face it, it's every warrior's dream from Valhalla onwards. It's he sends in the beasts, the giant woolly mammoths, the giant rhinoceroses, and his I think Mournfang cavalry, I want to call it. I think it was called Thunderhoofs or something like that. But that might just pick up in I used to play WoW. So he sends them in first, and the goblins are there like, man, we've got this. All we gotta do is hold that what the hell is that? At which point they feel an earthquake happening, essentially. As legions of uh, herds of these huge war beasts come charging towards them. Now, a normal person would go, No, fuck this shit, I'm out. The goblins went, Fuck this shit, it's too late. And they were trampled into oblivion. Absolutely crushed. Now, these beasts carried on their charge. You know, a large animal, when it starts running, it's got momentum. If you watch an elephant running in real life, um, if you ever see an elephant or even a bison or a bull, any animal with mass when it charges it takes a lot to stop that so what Urk did, is he went ah, that's alright, the boys have choppers, and he sent in the boys with choppers, and they just hamstrung the animals and cut them to pieces which you know, Peter wouldn't like that very much, but it's neither here nor there now already the battle's going badly his goblins have been slaughtered at one point here he sent in the night goblins that have like iron balls and chains that they spin around and launch themselves at the enemy they've also been flattened so he's like right I've got to send in the black orcs the big boys, the big boys in armour and they are able to stop this charge and he does in fact close his trap just not with the effect that he would have wanted because instead of a tired enemy he closed his circlement on a very fresh enemy who was ready to fight but, he did also outnumber his enemy 6 to 1, which, if you were a peasant mob, is irrelevant. Yogas will win. However, these are hard bastards. These are guys with big axes, thick armour, and they want to fight. And there was one thing that you can give an orc that make him happy, and that's a good fucking fight. And that's exactly what the Yogas gave him. To the point where it was almost a stalemate. It could have gone either way, even after Urk's trap failing miserably, like the whole point of it was obliterated, he was still able to fight the ogres to a standstill it was thunder tusks, not thunder horns, or whatever I said before 
Thunderhoofs. It wasn't them, it was Thunder Tusks. Uh, notes. Tangents. Good times. But he did get into battle and he got stuck in himself. At this point, it's a bit of a stalemate because the there are so many orcs and they're hamstringing the ogres to bring them down and cutting them open and smashing them to pieces. Whereas the ogres are just sort of brute force smashing people. And, you know, an ogre described in Warhammer, again, I'll go into detail next time. They are big, they are mean, they are very, very, very strong. I mean, I believe Grease's Skull Tooth, or maybe a different tyrant, actually rips the arm off a giant and beats someone to death with it. But, you know, what more do you need to say? That's something they can do. They're also, you know, essentially bulletproof because they're so hard. So, that's a thing. So the trap is closed, the greenskins are fighting away, they outnumber the enemy 6 to 1, but the ogres dug in and they pushed back with all their might against the enemy. They fucking charged back and they smashed the orcs. Now, although their flanks were in trouble, the centre was firm because that is where Greece's Goldtooth himself fought, smashing motherfuckers to pieces. He had his mace, he had his mace, he had his mouth. He was just chomping people. Whereas on the other side of the line, Urk was chopping people down. It's a pretty simple battle in hindsight. It's more of a bloody description of warfare. Ah, good times. So, Urk looks over to the centre of the battle and he goes, I need to deal with that. That's a big problem because the centre has become a meat grinder where my men are going to die. I need to get over there with my bodyguard be seen, my standard bearers with me we're going to be seen and we're going to go at the centre and we're going to kill Grease's Goldtooth himself and Grease's Goldtooth is probably just thinking man, I am hungry I'm not even hungry, I'm just hangry I'm so hungry it's making me angry oh there's an orc here nom, 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 nom. delicious that was a deep breath so at length Urk makes his way to the front line to the centre of the front line that where, the, where the fighting is thickest and his men are struggling the most to break through now at this point the armies are described I'm going to read the direct description around their leaders the two armies fought like a pair of raging cave beasts locking horns atop a mountain peak and heaving with all of their might and that's exactly where it was you had ogres with their, their guts coming out of themselves still just trying to get one more kill he had green skins where their helmets had been caved in and their brain was leaking out he was still in like the throes of death trying to get one more swing in if I can get one more swing I can turn the tide but it came down to the centre now Urk was able to break through the ogre lines and confront Greasus himself but before this his totem bearer went charging in and he was ready he was like man I am great at this I'm a Fucking Black Orc totem bearer. Ain't no one as good as me. <laughs> now in one fell swoop, Greasus brings his scepter up. He uppercuts of the scepter. And he smashes that totem bearer for miles. Just swings him out of the park if you're a baseball fan. Which I've never watched because I'm not American. And Urk takes exception to this. He's like, well that was my totem and my standard bearer could you maybe not kill him it kind of you know shows people how fancy I am because I have a standard bearer so Urk goes right I'm gonna fuck you up 
and he charges. He cleaves through Greece as his bodyguards, and he's getting in there, and he's loving it. He's an orc war boss. Damn it, this is what he lives for. Greece doesn't even fight him. You'd expect a Herculean duel of epic proportions. This mighty orc who has slain ogre tribes by the dozen, fighting the top ogre. You'd expect like a, a, a battle to shake the mountain itself, which has literally been shaken. They say in sources, it's erupting at this point, and even the gods are like, "Oh man, look at this madness! This eruptive volcano add some chaos to the mix." Because, damn it, erupting volcanoes look cool in battles. Greasus doesn't even lift his scepter. He just puts it down and goes, licks his lips and smiles. He has never smiled in battle before. And he grabs Urk with both hands. Urk, to his credit, does fight back. He cleaves Greasus in the chest with both hands and both axes, just wailing away at him. And Greasus just does not give a shit. He looks at the bloody wounds and goes, oh, okay then. And he crushes Urk with his bare hands through the armour. So, imagine that. You've got this huge orc in your hands. And you're squeezing and squeezing and squeezing. To the point where his armour is buckling and cracking and breaking. And bing, 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 pinging off everywhere. You know, all the other greenskins are looking at this in horror. They cannot believe what they're seeing. The ogres are just carrying on the fight. And the greenskins, they've seen their standard bearer go down. They've seen one of their best guys hit the deck. They're already on the, the verge of routing. Urk thought he'd salvage this by killing Greasus himself at the forefront. He thought, I'm going to kill him and salvage the day. And the opposite is happening. Even without a, a bit of a fight, he's being crushed to death through his heavy armour. And when Greasus puts him down again, still smiling, I'd imagine... You, you couldn't even recognise it was a once-alive body. He had squeezed so hard... Graphic content warning. It said all of the fluids had drained out of Urk's body, which is a hilarious way to describe it, if I'm being honest. And the greenskins ran. And now the, now the game's up. The, the war boss is gone. The war is broken. We're, we're losing the fight now. The fight's gone out of us. We're orcs, damn it. The, and the fight's gone out of us. It's an embarrassment. I'm going home to go talk to... Grimgore Ironhide, he'll do something about this someday, maybe, depending on your sources and if it's actually accurate information or not. God, that was a long bit of talking with no breath. So yeah, he's killed Urk, and the feast that followed was probably, you know, I'd imagine, and from what I can tell, it was the largest feast that Ogres ever had. It was this huge Orcish army. It wasn't just like a few thousand, a few tens of thousands. It was beyond counting. A war is beyond counting. And the ogres had smashed it. And this really solidified Greasus's rule. Because this orc war was like the single biggest threat they'd faced since their origins, probably, in the coming of the Great Moor, which will be covered next week. So he really solidified his rule and his ability to... What's the word? I think it begins with an S. Subjugate. Ah, see, I, I got there in the end. That English class I failed is coming in handy. He solidifies his ability to subjugate other races. Now, he didn't, like, use other races, but he showed that he could subjugate anyone he wanted to in that moment. And the feast they had, it said every ogre had a proverbial, or literal, even a literal mountain of 
orc flesh before him that they could feast upon that night. And there's a volcano going off in the distance and it just probably looked epic. The fire mouth was venting molten anger into the skies and perhaps it was a foretelling of greater battles to come. Greasus gave the equivalent of a long-winded speech which was probably something along the lines of Ah, we did it. Hey, up boys. Tomorrow we're going to fuck someone else up. Because I do not imagine him as a great orator. Probably more similar to me in oratory, where it's just like, ah, fuck it, do it. He says while I'm doing a podcast, where he has to orate, essentially. Now, it's after this it gets a bit screwy for Greasus. Because, and I, I hold Games Workshop accountable for this. Because they played massive, massive favourites when writing the lore of the end times and the Skaven got everything um, and became unstoppable and killed everyone and beat everyone everywhere they went and they did play favourites of quite a few races notably the Skaven and it might be because of sales, it might be because of audience engagement but they just didn't write much for the Ogres in the end times like, even Greasus, who's meant to be, like, the most legendary lord of the Ogre kingdoms and the Ogre tribes and all of this, he's meant to be amazing. All I could find from my reading and my sort of trying to dig into the internet, I found maybe a paragraph. That's it. Because most of what happens of the Ogre kingdoms happens after the final event for Greasus, in which he goes to fight Grimgore Ironhide who is forming an incredibly destructive war but he's also seeking allies, those who would serve him and aid him in the wars to come He would Grimgore himself would let her go on to slaughter the Chaos Dwarfs slaughter everyone, kill things Grimgore is probably one of my favourite characters because he's the embodiment of Orc logic where it's, can it be done? Probably not but I think it can so it will now, Grimgore leads his war against Greasus. Again, no detail is given, because I just don't know why. I don't know. Like, we know they're done with end times, basically. Other than, like, you know, things like Vermintide and stuff like that coming out, where it adds more stuff during the end times. But I think Games Workshop, unless they sort of revamp it again and retcon some stuff... I think they've done many times. Other than maybe some sort of independent authors writing short stories. I think it's they're focusing more on Age of Sigmar now. I didn't mean to make this a little criticism of Games Workshop. Because I feel like I do that a lot. but And I don't want to get cease and desisted. But it's only like six years you listen to it. So it'll probably be fine. But just the way they've been doing things lately. It really opens them up to a bit of criticism. It's really bad. Uh, if, if you're wondering, if you're listening to this in a year, it's 2021. Yes, that 2021 for Games Workshop. Terrible. But it's just like they didn't care about the Ogre Kingdoms. They set up quite a lot of background lore for them and quite a lot of cool stuff and then just gave up. But anyway, so Greasus leads his armies to fight Grimgore Ironhide. And he absolutely obliterates him. Like, my favourite character, one of my favourite characters, I should say, gets absolutely annihilated by Greasus Goldtooth in combat. And Greasus, he is killed by his hubris. And he goes, ah, I'm not just going to kill you. I'm going to eat you alive. And that will send a message to everyone. 
everyone across the world. I beat him one on one, and then I ate him. What do you think of that? So he puts down his scepter, which at the time, I think even in the tabletop game edition at the time, it gave him the strength of the Sky Titan. Might be mistaken. He picks up Grimgore with two hands and prepares to eat him. At which point Grimgore was able to... Oh, come on, get, oh, oh, come on, muscles. And he is able to worm his way out of Grimgore's... Uh, Grimgore, sorry. Graces his grasp. Oh, ruined the story. Grab his chopper and he kills him. He cuts down Grease's gold tooth because, I mean, he put down his weapon to eat him in really bad planning fashion. And that is where the story of Grease's gold tooth ends. In, I think, quite a disappointing fashion. I think it's cool that Grimgore beats, uh, kills him. I love anything Grimgore does, basically. Like headbutting people. If he killed him with a headbutt, I'd be happier. But I think maybe with Total War Warhammer 3 coming out, maybe we've got a chance of a bit more lore for the Ogre Kingdoms in the future, but I don't hold my breath on it whatsoever. Because, like I say, End Times is kind of done. I should point out, at the time of this happening, Grimgore has the aspect of the beasts, which is one of the Winter Magic aspects, which is a whole other thing that I'm not going into right now. But he's basically superpower. He's ba- he's a Super Saiyan orc. Uh, Super Saiyans. But that'll be that today, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you have enjoyed this two-part story of the tale Hi, this is me from slightly further in the future because I had to edit this and change some stuff. Turns out I got his name wrong no fewer than four times trying to record it. So I hope you enjoyed the legendary tale of Trade Lord Greasus, Tribe Stealer, Drake Crush, Gate Crasher, Horde Master, Goldtooth, the shockingly obese. And now my coffee is stone cold. Hope you all enjoyed this, guys. It's been. I actually think these last two have probably been some of my the the best ones we've I've done. I felt a lot more comfortable. I think it's because I've been short on time. I've just been kind of like pumping myself up and it's like right one fucking take, no cutting, and I've only cut it like twice. It's taken almost exactly as long to record it as it has to record it. Normally it takes a bit longer, but if you do want to get in touch, and I forgot to say this last time, I'm sorry. It is Let's Talk Fantasy 93 at gmail.com. That is all one word. Uh, the numericals are numbers. We also have the Facebook page up and running now. It is the page Let's Talk Fantasy. The picture is the logo that we use on the podcast. Hope you want to come by. I've just been posting memes because there's only about four people on it who are all my friends anyway. So have a good one, everyone. Sincerely. And if you do enjoy what you're hearing, Please do get in touch, like drop a little follow or like or whatever it is on whatever platform you're listening to. And if you know any nerdy people, tell your friends. I'd love to hear from people. And I really want to know what everyone wants me to talk about. Because I'm not going to turn into like the new Arch or Major Kill. That's a bad example because they're massive. And that'll make me sound arrogant. I'm not just going to do Warhammer. I'm not just going to do anything. Broad strokes, guys. Broad strokes. But, cheerio.